Hello, and welcome to my lecture series. My name is Nick Lugo, and thank you for being here. Before we get started, I just want to give an explanation or a reminder as to why you're here and why I do these lectures in the first place. It may seem true to you that the reason to come to one of these lectures, or a lecture in general, is to learn, and you wouldn't be wrong, but it's much more than that. You're here to act. The learning part is obvious, but not the acting. Often, I, more than anybody else, know how to act, but simply just don't act. For example, it's not a groundbreaking discovery that going to the gym is important. This is something that we all know. Yet, the hardest part is, and I'll say it again, action. As you know, the lectures that I will take you through are hero stories, and there is much to learn from them. Therefore, the first lesson to learn from these stories and these movies is a simple one, one that you already know. Heroes follow their heart. They don't think about following their heart. It is action that separates the heroes from the rest. The goal of this lecture is to facilitate thought and action, as the two are so desperately intertwined. Therefore, I make this statement that I say with absolute conviction. If this lecture series does not change the actions you take in this world, then I have failed you. This idea of action is one that I explore with incredible depth in these lectures. Finally, if you're looking for a more direct way to act, I suggest you check out my new book, Breaking Your Bad Habits in 150 Pages, A Hero's Journey. My book takes these abstract lessons and applies them directly to you and any bad habit or human weakness that you might be struggling with. I place you in the shoes of a hero and show you how to be both a thinker and a doer, all in 150 pages for those of you who don't consider themselves readers. You can find the book on Amazon by searching it or by clicking the link in this video. Now, let's get on to the lecture. Now, we're trying to figure out, this is the main question that we're trying to figure out, what is the path to a perfect setup, a perfect organization of structures? And the reason why I make it so broad is because you take a story like Batman and you could apply this to government and politics but that's really not why we're here like we don't we don't watch movies to understand the structure of of governments and you know and how to how to run a fully functioning state you know that's that's not really what it is we look at it to see okay what is batman doing and how could i emulate batman because well he's such an interesting character and um and he's a hero. And we ask ourselves, how could I be a hero in my own life? You know, what can I do to be a hero? So I'm going to take this idea of, of the state and I'm also going to take this idea of principles, you know, this, um, this, this fully functioning principled state and a fully functioning principled man, which is Batman, and then apply it to how it could actually relate to hopefully a fully functioning principled you. Right, how you could take these ideas and say, okay, I'm going to apply these to my own life, and well, how could I overcome this Joker figure? Right, like what is this Joker figure on as a barrier on the path to, we'll say, a heroic you or a heroic state? Right. So, um, so that's a good start. That's a that's a good start of of understanding this. So now what we have 
is we have this trickster figure, this figure who masks himself. And, um, well, I'm going to spend this time just literally just trying to understand the Joker because, well, we understand Batman a little bit, right? He's the heroic character who's principled, morals, he's got all this stuff going on. But then you have the opposite, right? The opposite is the Joker, the person who is chaotic, unprincipled, no morals, you know, and, um, <laughs> and there's... There's one thing that I really want to emphasize when I talk about barriers on the path to her heroism, right? And it and it lies with this conversation that he has later, you know. And this this is going to be the main way of understanding the Joker's character, so we can get the full setup, you know. So we have the Joker goes into the hospital and he starts talking to Harvey Dent, and this is as he's trying to explain to him, you know, why you should join my side, essentially, you know. And what is what does he say? He goes, "Do I really look like a dog with a? Uh, do I really look like a guy with a plan? I'm just a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do if I caught it." And um. And really, that's what he is, right? He's, you could say, obviously, right? This this doesn't require that much, um, abstraction. He's the ultimate figure of chaos, right? He's just absolute chaos, absolute, um, you know. We'll say unconscious desire, right? So he's literally just, he's a dog chasing cars, you know? He's just doing things out of out of a whim, right? He has no plans. He has no structure. He just does whatever his impulses tell him to do, right? And that's, that's really, that's a good way of looking at it, looking at it like a dog, right? Because, you know, a dog's an animal and a dog, you know, even though a dog loves, right? Even though a dog has this compassionate aspect to him or her, you know, what ends up happening is, Everything that it does is instinct, right? It has no higher level order to be able to figure out, okay, you know, should I should I make a strategy for how I'm going to love this person? Or what's my plan on, on you know, and this is what we do with, with people, right? How am I going to talk to her? How am I going to, you know, um, woo her over? You know, like all these, all these plans that we go through where dogs don't do any of that, right? It's just instinct. It's just, it's just chasing cars. And um, and well, that's the first manifestation, right? So we, we, we could say he's a guy with no plans and he's a guy who just acts on instinct, right? But how does that relate to Batman? And here's, here's the, the answer. The answer is, he says, how pathetic their attempts to control things that really are uncontrollable? I don't know what he says there. Or I have to figure that out. Oh no, he just, that's that's the end, right? So how pathetic their attempts to control things that really are. So, you know, well, in that case, he's talking about the police department, right? And the police department is trying to set plans, trying to set rules, trying to set structures. You know, this is how we capture the Joker. This is how we do this. This is how we do that. And, um, well, the Joker's anti-plans. He's anti-structure. And this is the best part about him. He looks at these plans and he says, there are flaws within your plans, right? There are, there are flaws within the structure of your logic, right? Your lo you know, like all of what we do, you know, this is what we do in a society and this is what you try to do with yourself, hopefully, you know? In a society, we try to have set laws, right? We try to have set laws, and we try to um, we try to have set customs, right? You know, you go up to somebody, and 
you say, hi, how are you doing? And they say, how are you? You know, that little interaction. You don't say, and then when someone says, how are you? You usually say good. You don't usually say, hey, listen, my mom just died yesterday, right? Like that's, that's not something a, a reasonable person would say, or at least a, a polite person would say, unless obviously you're really close with the person, but you don't say that to a stranger. And that's sort of the customs and the purpose of someone like um, well, first of all, then we take that to the individual level and on the individual level, you have something like a strategy, like a scheduling, right? When you try to create a strategy or well, schedule, schedule, you try to create a schedule for your day. You say, okay, here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to um, go to work. Then I'm going to go to school. Then I'm going to work out. Then I'm going to blah, blah, blah. You know, then I'm going to eat this and I'm going to eat that. You know, we have these set plans. What happens when things are really going well? you know, and then the joker comes in, you know, this, this feeling comes in of absolute chaos to come in and destroy your structure. So that's, that's what the joker is. The joker takes your plans. Well, this is the archetypal trickster figure in, um, in Jung psychology, Carl Jung. He takes your plans and he flips them on their head. He exposes the weakness in them. And, um, and that's his only, that's his only goal. His only goal is destruction. It's not, we'll say, success or achievement or, or some eventual desire to achieve. It's literally just destruction. And you could, it's, that's best explained with an example, you know, let's say you decide to quit smoking, right? Or Quit eating unhealthy is probably a better way of doing it because everybody has that moment throughout their life. They say, okay, wait a second. I've been eating a little bit unhealthy. Maybe I should scale it back. You know, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to do all these things. That's a common problem. You know, two thirds of America is overweight. So we have this problem, right? We have this fundamental problem, let's say, that, that we don't eat well, you know? So we try to create a plan, right? And let's say we turn into Batman to do this, right? We say, okay, I'm going to be the hero and I'm going to go and do it. And, um, let's say we go through, you know, two weeks and things are really going well. And, um, and let's say you made it through two weeks of running, right? Of, of doing some, you know, treadmill or, or elliptical type thing, or maybe just running around the block just to, just to get healthy. And then you have your smoothies and things are really going well, you know, and then, and then you meet someone like the Joker right? And the Joker is this destruction instinct within you that says, you just made a good plan and your plan's kind of working out. It's actually going okay. You know, you're, you're, you're following your rules and things are going great, but there's a weakness in your plan. The weakness is you have this, you have this other desire. You have this desire for pleasure, which is, you know, within all of us, right? Maybe, maybe in this case, it's the desire to lay on the couch and, you know, do nothing. And also the desire to, um, to eat unhealthy foods, right? To eat for pleasure, you know? So, um, he's like, you have these two desires and you've been repressing them for two weeks, two weeks. And it's been a little bit, you know, well, you've been feeling good, but you know, I'm not going away. These, these little desires for pleasure, they're really not going away. So then you have someone like the Joker come in and he says, wait, wait, I could tear down your plans because of this little weakness that you have inside of you. These, these little instincts that you've been putting aside and, um, like a dog chasing cars. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna try to, I'm just gonna try to keep tearing things down until I get there. Right. And that's really the, that's really why the Joker's so, so popular and so strong. It's like, he's, 
He manifests himself in every single thing that we do. Every single time we try to create some sort of plan or some sort of schedule or some sort of rule, there's always something in there trying to break it apart. Always. Always. He's the chaos that exists within within order. And, well, that's that's the the main problem with Gotham in general. And that's maybe one of the problems with Batman, you know, as, as we start to go through it. You know, the problem with Batman is that he... Um, he has so many principles, so many rules. And the problem is when you create so many principles, the hard part is not creating the principles. The hard part is following the principles, right? Like, let's let's get that clear, you know? Most people um, break their New Year's resolution on January 12th, right? And that's why I said two weeks. You know, you have that two-week period where things are really going well, but then the Joker comes in and, and really smacks that apart. And the problem isn't the rule. The problem is the following of the rule, you know? It's like it's two different people within you, you know, and that's that's a good way of looking at it. You have the part of you that wants to follow the rule, right? And that's that's maybe a good representation of the thinker, right? You know, I, I like to think of it as like the um, the statue of the thinker who's just kind of sitting there and, and he's kind of just contemplating, right? He's creating rules and creating ways to go about the world, but then you also have the doer, right? And the doer has this problem of, well... How can I implement this plan? And hopefully, if you're a hero, right, maybe the, the fundamental definition of a hero is somebody who integrates the, the thinker and the doer, right? Because if you look at, you know, you create rules and you follow them, and therefore you have a strong established principle and you do what you say, you know, that's, that's harder than we actually think, right? Like most, most of the problem... I think it was like 70% of smokers who want to quit but can't. And that's that's the real problem. You know, you, you try to set a rule, but following the rules is the hardest part. I think well you look at you look at an institution like marriage, right? You take it to a to a individual example, but also something on a on a larger scale, you know? It's like, okay, you get into this contract. You say, I'm gonna love you and only you for the rest of my life. Great. Fifty percent of people cheat. Right. First of all, 50% of them get divorced, right? And then 50% of, of people cheat, right? It's 50%, 49% of men, 49% of women, 56% of men. And you ask the question, it's like, why is that? Right? What is that? And um And it's because you have two different people within you. You have two different personalities within you. You have the person that wants to uphold the the first of all marriage and also the monogamous decision that you have made not to cheat right but then there's the other part of you the joker that lies within you and um he's saying wait a second wait a second you have this little impulse to cheat right you have this little we'll say non-monogamous desire within you and that's that's something that we've we've been able to prove right with with you know um with experimental testing, you know, if you look at a woman during a woman during her ovulation cycle, right, well, while she's ovulating, which is a period of like three days ish, um, during that period, the woman is more likely to have an affair, right? And obviously, ovulation, since ovulation is the time where you could have pregnant, when you could get pregnant, right? With um, with pretty much with, I'm not going to say ease, but you are most likely to get pregnant. Therefore, you know kind of makes sense that you're going to be a little bit more promiscuous. You're going to, you're going to unleash that side of you that exists outside of the, the monogamous relationship, which is represented in the Joker, 
right? This part of you that wants to destroy, this part of you that that has been repressing something for so long that it manifests itself in something that wants to destroy. And um, Freud called this the destruction instinct. He said that we literally have an instinct inside of us that um, that wants to destroy everything that that society has created. And, well, you could just kind of, you know, you could just kind of throw that off and say it's not that important. And, you know, you could just say, oh, that's a stupid idea that Sigmund Freud said because he has so many dumb ideas. But I mean, you know, maybe it's true, right? Like, you know, in all these examples, maybe maybe we do have this desire to destroy our diet, you know, to destroy our, our relationship, to destroy our progress. Because the problem is whenever you decide to progress in almost anything you have to sacrifice right imagine you know every time you say maybe i am going to um stop eating donuts right well you're you're sacrificing donuts right and when you sacrifice donuts the problem is that you well you're gonna have this hankering for donuts right you're not only are you suppressing this desire for donuts you're suppressing a part of yourself you're suppressing the part of you that wants pleasure and um Well, let's see if I could. No, well, a good way of explaining it is then what happens is you have this bottling up effect, right? The bottling up effect is something that we, we all sort of intuitively, intuitively understand. It's like, okay, you know, you have this desire for pleasure and, um, and you, you push it away. You say no, right? You sort of throw it into a mental closet. You say, I'm not going to deal with you right now. And, um, well, you're just filling up your bottle, you're filling up your closet, right? But what ends up happening is obviously it ends up popping off eventually after you repress it and suppress it so many times that um, that you just can't handle it anymore. And that point where you, where everything just sort of, you know, everything sort of comes out, that's the Joker, right? The Joker is this destruction instinct that says he doesn't have to be there, right? He doesn't have to be there so long as you don't want to sacrifice things, which, well... If you're living in any structured society, you're going to have to sacrifice things. So he always exists. That's the universal problem. We always have this joker that exists within us, and we're always trying to figure out what to do with him. You know, uh, what was the other example that I had? Oh, yeah, the other example was, you know, someone who is who acts as sort of like a doormat. Right, I, you see this all the time as somebody in relationships who's who's sort of a pushover, right? And they just completely get you know stepped on and all these things. While they're repressing this, we'll say negative element within themselves, the confrontational element, and um, well, that's that's a form of repression, right? And what happens is eventually they burst out, right? Eventually they get they get abused and they get they get pushed over so many damn times that they're like, wait a second. I'm worth more than this, and they don't really know how to express it that well, So, and they don't really know how to confront it, so what do they do? They just sort of scream, and they say, don't treat me like that, you know? And um, and that's, that's the joker within you sort of, like, manifesting itself. So... So that's, that's a good way of looking at him. He's, he's the rejection of plans. He's the rejection of a structured, logical way of living. Because isn't that what, what we all want to do, right? Isn't that what we all want to do? We all want to go for about, we want to go to the gym for an hour a day, right? Like if we were completely logical beings, if we were completely structured beings, and we've, if we were to follow this, we'll say thinker, right? That exists within us, then we were, we're, we're we would go to the gym for one hour a day. 
But what is the barrier to that, right? What is the problem with that? It's the Joker, right? It's the Joker within us that says, wait a second, but I'm not, I don't, you know, it's the Joker that says, maybe I don't want to sacrifice. Uh, I don't want to sacrifice something that's not logical. I, want, I don't want to sacrifice emotions. I don't want to sacrifice laziness. I don't want to sacrifice, um, we'll say, yeah, that's probably good. Laziness emotions, and maybe sleep, right? So I don't want to sacrifice these things. So I'm just going to destroy your plans. Your plans are stupid, you know? So I'm just going to, I'm just going to find the weak spot in it, which we all have weak spots because clearly we all don't go to the gym for an hour a day. And, um, and the Joker comes in and destroys everything. And that, that is the problem that Batman is going to struggle with across this movie, right? This is the I would say this is one of the most important things that, that humans have to grapple with. He is the representation of the dragon of chaos, right? If you want to look at it that way, you know, the, the hero fighting the dragon. You have no idea who the dragon is. You have no idea what he does. And, um, and you know, the biggest problem with the Joker, and this is the final thing that, that completes his character, he's always a step ahead of you. You always are working behind him. If you notice throughout this movie, you know, you can never predict the Joker's actions. You're always kind of like trailing behind him because, well, he's a representation of your emotions, right? And if he's a representation of your emotions, then you have to... Well, first you feel the emo, right? Think of think of the neurological process or the the process as it as it emerges within you. You know, you you feel an emotion, right? And then if you're smart enough, right, which most people don't do, or maybe we'll say most people aren't smart enough, then you have to reflect on that emotion, right? So the emotion comes up first, step one, and then two, you realize you're having that emotion. You know, we'll say, so you're you know your your partner starts bothering you right? First, you feel that she bothers you. And then you say, okay, wait, she's bothering me. What do I do about it? Right? It's not, it's not the other way around. It's not you figure it out. And then and then you stop the emotion from happening. It's no, the emotion comes first. So that's why he's a good representation of emotions because, and we'll say the destructive instincts, right? Because instincts always come first, and they're always a step ahead of, ahead of you. The only thing that you could do is well, if you're if you're a hero, right? If you're smart, what you do is you think about it, right? You you become the thinker, and then you implement a way to control those emotions and to, um, well, if you're if you're smart, you implement them into your life. So you, you you manage them, and that's as we as we talked about in Batman Begins. You know, that's the representation of Batman. You know, the representation of Batman is someone who is afraid of bats and therefore chooses to therefore chooses to integrate bats into his personality. And when he integrates bats into his personality, he is no longer, he is confronting bats every single second of every single day, and therefore he quells his fear, right? Because the only way that you could quell your fear of something is to confront it, right? Or I'll, I'll make that even broader. The only way to stop an unconscious process from happening, right, which would be emotions in this case, you know, so you could you could even talk about it in terms of, you know, the, the examples that we just used. The only way to stop these emotions from happening or to quell these emotions is to be constantly confronting them, to be constantly thinking about them and, um, and managing them, you know, and that's the representation of Batman. So 
we're going to watch as we go along, you know, Batman isn't going to be able to just get rid of the Joker, right? He's not going to be able to do something like that. It's going to be a little bit difficult. And it's a little unfortunate that they weren't able to play that out in the next movie because obviously Heath Ledger died after this movie. So Heath Ledger, the actor of the Joker, he died. So they weren't able to fledge that out really that much. But, um, but that's, that's, we, we see that play out throughout this movie. You know, you have someone like the Joker and he, (laughs) <laughs> the whole, the whole, his whole pitch is, I'm never leaving you. You know, what happens when an, when an immovable object meets, meets an unstoppable force, you know, or the other way around. What happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? You know, you have, you have somebody who's desiring to stop, to stop negative emotion, which is Batman, and then you have negative emotion, which never goes away. What happens when you have these two people? They're going to be in constant conflict. And that's, well, that's something that Batman learned from becoming Batman. And he's going to struggle with that along the way here. So now let's get into Batman because I think obviously this is this is the hero, right? So we just met the foe. Now we're going to meet the hero. And um, well, obviously I did, I, I did an entire Batman Begins lecture. So um if you're looking for the entire thing on Batman, then I suggest you watch my Batman Begins lectures because they are, well, they explain his entire origin story. But here's here's the problem that we're going to be running into, that Batman's going to be running into throughout this entire movie, right? So obviously now he's doing well, right? Now he's now he's he's become a good hero and he's established an ego, right? He's established a a set of principles, a set of morals, right? Which could be summed up in the word ego, and um. And now he has all these imposters, right? And um, and I really, I really like this idea of imposters because what you have here is sort of like you know here here's the guy who kind of sits over here, right? And um, it really shows, you know, you imagine the way I like to look at these imposters, right? And this is a good way of saying it. This is the opening scene, right? So you have the imposters, and then you have the villain from the last movie. So those are those are the two people that, that he confronts in the beginning. And if you were to imagine it, I like to think of it like this way, this way, you know? When you think about the person that you could be, right? There's about, well, well think about it, right? Say, if you were to work out for the next, 300 straight days, who would you be? You'd be one person, right? And then if you were to work out for the next 800 straight days, you'd be one person. Or, or imagine that, you know, you don't work out for the next the next 300 days, right? Or imagine that you work out for 200 days. And, you know, there are, and you could sort of look into the future to think about, okay, what would, what would I be like? Who are the personalities that I could be? And well, I could imagine. So I say, if I work out for the next 300 straight days, then I'll probably have a lot more muscle and I'll probably be a little bit more disciplined and I'll probably be a little bit more, we'll say, um, organized and, and orderly and schedule based, you know? So all of these things pop into my head. And then you say there could be the person who, um, who works out zero of the next 300 days is probably maybe gained a little bit of weight, probably not eating as healthily, probably not as engaged in um, in scheduling and schoolwork and all these things. So, you know, you imagine that there are these potential yous that exist in in the potential future. And 
only one of them is going to actually exist, right? You know, there's, we'll say from zero days to 300 days, there's 300 of yous that could potentially exist. And obviously, if you're doing it right, then you want the best potential you to emerge, right? So what Batman's doing is, in this case, he's fighting off potential hymns, right? Because obviously these are the imposters and these are, we'll say they're inferior imposters, right? These are people who, um, people who aren't as good as Batman. So we could say that when Batman decides to fight off these potential or these potential hymns, right? Who, who manifest themselves as the imposters, he could fight them off easily, right? And, um, and he and he beats them, right? And he says, "I don't want I don't want these other versions of me because they are bad, right?" So we could say that in his defeat of these imposters, right, he has chosen to be the person who works out three hundred days, right? He's chosen to act out the hero archetype, right? Because obviously, you see someone like Batman, who's very well put together. Right, and then you see someone like these guys, these these imposters who are not very well put together. And when Batman defeats them, right, it's a representation of okay, Batman has has defeated off potential hymns. Now, let's take that same idea and apply it to villains, right? Because that's exactly what the representation of the first scene of this movie is. So now you see the villain of the last movie, right, and Batman defeats him with ease. Right in the first scene of the movie, Batman just sort of going through his nightly, we'll say, criminal defeating. Right, and he takes, he beats the villain that it took him an entire movie to beat. He beats him in five minutes. Right, and what does that mean? That means that Batman has in his con, in his hero, in his previous hero's journey, right, in his previous mastery of defeating evil right, or defeating one stage of evil, he's able to do it consistently with ease, right? And that's the same idea as, as you know, um, as the fear of bats, right? You know, he goes through this real struggle of overcoming his fear of bats, but then after a while, it's really not that difficult anymore. And that's what you'd hope, right? If you're to go through your your day, right? If you're to go through your um, your your structure, right? You know, let's say you go on a hero's journey and you... Um, you, you start eating healthier, right? And when you start eating healthier, every single day in those first, we'll say, one to two months, you're really struggling to eat healthy. And it's really, you know, that is the confronting of evil, right? Or confronting the the struggles within you, the, the pleasure instincts within you. But then after a while, it becomes easy and it becomes habit. Right, and you you're just you fight it off with ease, and that's exactly what this representation is. It says, okay, once you learn how to how to master something, you don't have to learn to master it again. You can move on to the next step in your we'll say developmental journey, and that's what Batman's doing. So not only is he um, is he able to fight off those potential hymns, right? Those potential bad versions of him, he's also able to fight off the potential reemergence of evil, right? Or re-emergence of, we'll say, lack of structure, right? And when he does that, he he's able to move on to the next step, you know? So there's there's this idea, and we don't really see this in, um, in this movie, but 
it's the idea of uh, the rejection of the hero's journey, right? Because Batman, obviously, he's he's a hero, right? And he's sort of embracing his ideas, you know, his his heroism. But um, but for a hero who rejects his hero's journey, you know, you imagine that that's almost every single movie as you go along. You know, actually, Batman rejects his hero's journey in the first movie. So you have um, you have this you know struggle, right? And you imagine, let's say you go on this struggle to go and, you know, go on a hero's journey, we'll say eat healthier, right? Or, um, or quit cigarettes or whatever, you know, and whenever you decide to do this, you say, okay, I am going to go on, I'm going to develop myself, right? And hopefully transform in the end. That's the hero's journey, you know, but what if you just say, you know, you just, you just say, I don't want to go on it. I just don't want to try it, right? It's not even worth it. Joseph Campbell, um, he, he addressed this idea in his in his creation of the hero's journey framework. He's the guy who created the hero's journey, so um, or understood the hero's 